You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Hi, welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. Today, I'm excited to introduce our guest, Sundia Suryam. At an early age, Sundia enjoyed taking things apart just to see if she could put them back together. This inquisitive nature and passion to improve the rebuild has guided her in digital and traditional, agency and client side, business to business, business to consumer, government and private enterprise, e-commerce, and bricks and mortar marketing career. During her 25 years in marketing, she has launched brands and products, taught major companies how to market their apps, and helped inspire travelers to visit Canada, working on tourism brands for city, regional, and Canada as a whole. As the marketing director of Everything Wine, one of British Columbia's leading wine retailers with six locations across British Columbia and a booming e-commerce business, Sandhya is now facing the daunting task of putting a great glass of wine in your hand. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me. It's wonderful to be here. I know. So you have quite a journey coming from tech to tourism and now with wine. Perhaps you can tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to arrive to wine. Sure. My base-based origin story is actually a little convoluted. I'll get into it. But I started out wanting to be a pediatric oncology therapist. Okay. And I went to school to do my undergrad in psychology, focusing on child psychology, and volunteered at the Ronald McDonald House in Ottawa for two of my four years. After I finished university, I moved back home to study to save money for grad school. And in that year, I don't know, you can call it the university, you can call it just coincidence, I ended up in the advertising department of SaskTel. Okay. And while I was kind of doing a little bit of the, is this the right path? Is this what I want to do? As much as I found it rewarding, you also learn how to be very desensitized in that occupation. I just kind of like, I'm not sure this is going to be right for me. I think my personality is a little too sensitive for this line of work as, as important as I do believe it is. But what I was noticing, and this is a psychology degree kind of <laughs> kicking in, was all the industry mags that were coming into SaskTel. So advertising news and marketing news. And, and my role was to distribute it amongst the crew at the office. I was hoarding these and I was voraciously consuming and reading these. I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. I love it, love it. And I just kind of stepped back. I'm like, okay, if you love this so much, there is something here. So I had some friends who were moving out to Vancouver and one of them wanted to be a copywriter and was doing the program up at CAP Business Admin. So I'm like, that's perfect. So moved out here, never been to Vancouver before, (laughs) went to the CAP program, did business admin focusing on marketing. And three weeks after I graduated, I ended up my first job in marketing and I've been in it ever since. Wow. So yeah. So, you know, what I, what I do feel is important, what is great for a marketer is having that psychology background. Mm -hmm. It was very insightful in helping a lot of things that I shape. And so one of my first jobs, I was working for Omega Nutrition, okay. which is a uh, culinary oil manufacturer, mm-hmm. and then moved on to a division of what was then called BC Gas called Homeworks, which is home renovations, energy efficient products, cut my teeth, learned so much there, mm-hmm. and then went on to BC Lotteries, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. Six years there, great, great experience on a lot of product development as well as the marketing side. Mm-hmm. And then from there was the Canadian Tourism Commission now called Destination Canada. Mm-hmm. And then after that, went to an ad agency. Okay. <laughs> and then from there, an app developer. And then back into tourism. And then finally landed, I was headhunted 
and asked to come over to Everything One. And I just thought, what an amazing opportunity to combine. Mm -hmm. A, it's local. Mm -hmm. And these kind of opportunities don't exist in Vancouver very often. And a really fun product. Right. Yes. (laughs) Marketing and Mm e-com. So it was just an amazing opportunity I couldn't pass. But very kind of round and convoluted way. Mm -hmm. But I think every experience that I've had has really helped in what I'm doing right now. Absolutely. For example, BC Lottery is very highly regulated, which has helped mm-hmm. in the wine industry, mm-hmm. which is also very highly regulated. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. I mean, certainly there's a lot of psychology that comes into play with marketing and trying to anticipate yeah. the com- consumer's needs and their wants. And also even with a tourism background as well and having that knowledge of the tourism landscape and how that applies to wine, certainly that plays a big role. Absolutely. I see tourism and retail very, very similar in the sense like we're all trying to get people to a destination, Mm -hmm. be it a store or a country or a city or whatever. So there's lots of great leveraging Mm -hmm. of experience there. Yeah, absolutely. So interesting. So how long have you been at Everything Wine right now at this point? It'll be five years this fall. Great. And how has the last year and a half or so been for you? I imagine things have been a little (laughs) bit different than, than normal during the COVID period. Yeah, it's it's been crazy. Nothing you can ever plan or or prepare for, that's for sure. You know, when when things kind of went into lockdown and, and the panic buying had started, there was lots of just really, do we even have inventory? Mm-hmm. Like, do we have enough to serve our community really well? Mm-hmm. And it was lots of pivot mm-hmm. and lots of figuring things out. And we actually closed our stores for a while as well mm-hmm. because I a lot of our that. staff and, and respecting our staff's yeah. wishes that they just weren't feeling comfortable being frontline. Not to say everybody was like this, but there were some disrespectful customers that they were just... And and there was a lot of unknown information, a lot of fear Mm -hmm. going out. So I understand. Mm -hmm. But our staff weren't feeling super safe about being there. So we're like, okay, let's make it pick up only and let's do online only. So going from a brick and mortar Mm -hmm. to only e-com for a little while, there was definitely daunting and challenging. Mm -hmm. And and you're canceling your ad plans really, really quickly. Yeah. And you're just focusing on fulfillment and then all of a sudden you can get boxes to fulfill order, right. like everything in the supply chain mm-hmm. and even people like it was just a lot of crazy. I just, you know, I think everyone really went through yeah, that. Absolutely. Unfortunately, working with some great partners that really helped us uh, move along that. And, and the nice thing is it really helped reshape a lot of our marketing because consumer habits changed. Mm-hmm. We got to pivot with them mm-hmm. and focus more on things like, well, that makes more sense. Let's, yeah. you know, let's get more digital, which I was always very excited Absolutely. about doing. And instead of trying to do a very slow Pavlovian shift yes. <laughs> into like consumer habits and, and media habits, instead we got to go, all right, overnight dramatic. We can go more digital. We can do more of these things. Mm-hmm. We can find our audience a little bit more because they're all in there computers and tablets and phones. Yeah. Well, I was responsible for quite a few of those online orders. <laughs> thank you. Thank yes, you. You're welcome, both for myself and <laughs> gifts gifts for other people. And yeah. I understand you were fairly pivotal in the e-commerce journey for everything wine. And so tell me what your efforts were in the e-commerce space before COVID and how that may have changed during COVID. Yeah. So unusual to a lot of organizations, actually, e-commerce and marketing under my jurisdiction. So meaning the drive footsteps to physical brick and mortar and the drive the footsteps to e-com as well. But even all the widgets <laughs> to keep an e-commerce site alive. So lots of learning. When I started, we were on a current version of Magento and so had to work on the upgrade to uh, another version of Magento. So working with the developers and trying to get all that going with a very, very small team, very challenging, good learning, 
not super my, you know, I, I had to learn a lot in the tech space in that domain. Like I, I understand a lot about UI and best practices and drive to web and what makes it engaging content onto the front end of the website. But all of a sudden I'm having these conversations with the payment gateways mm-hmm. and the servers providers. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is a little bit out of my wheelhouse, mm-hmm. but jumped right into it. So having to create that platform, e-commerce has just been growing for the company, mm-hmm. you know, since day one, since it launched. Yeah. So just, you know, trying to keep up in the demand, maintaining an existing website on top of building a new one as well yeah, absolutely. for a good chunk of that. And then when COVID hit, you know, closing our stores, everything is driving to e-com. Mm-hmm. So we had a new director of e-com actually starting the first day we closed our stores. Mm-hmm. And of course, you're not going to like hand off the keys to the kingdom going, see you later, yeah. this is your first day. Mm-hmm. So trying to help him like, you know, get through the first couple of months mm-hmm. and then the shift and, and trying to keep everything else. Mm-hmm. So definitely challenging, a lot of 18-hour days yeah. and a great learning, mm-hmm. but also... You know, what, what I do like about the change that we've done now is I really get to focus on the drive to web and drive to store, right. which is really fun, really in my wheelhouse mm-hmm. and let someone else work on the servers and the widgets. Yeah. And good stuff. Exactly. And yeah. what is the mix of sales between brick and mortar and online? Depends what year you're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it definitely changes. Yeah, yeah it's, I'd say it's about an 80-20 rule, roughly. roughly okay. But honestly, it can shift really quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And what are you doing? Are you seeing people coming back to the brick and mortar, coming back to the stores? Are you, are you doing anything in particular to encourage that traffic in store? Yeah. So right now, a lot of our customers are really sales focused, like everyone loves a good deal. Mm -hmm. So it's always keeping a bit of variety and a really good mix of products for them to come back to, Mm -hmm. be it, you know, really affordable, good wines Mm -hmm. from our vintages room, which is our premium wine selection. So that variety, I think, is really important and keep focusing on that. So that's some of the additional methods we're doing, Mm -hmm. investing more in our vintages room, advertising and marketing. So people know that's an offering as well. And they're not just thinking of us as, as, um, budget friendly wines Mm -hmm. as well. And then a lot in mobile marketing in terms of like mobile devices Mm -hmm. and talking to people in situations and as well as a, a lot of drive to web. So our emails work really, really well for us. So just making some pivots in there mm-hmm. and trying to just keep get the message out really strongly mm-hmm. on our acquisition and retention campaigns. Absolutely. I'm a huge proponent right now of owned channels. And yes. that's something that we are, I'm like a broken record with all of our clients as well, especially as algorithms continuously change and we lose we lose our reach. But yes, as far as any kind of blogs or or email marketing, I'm a broken record about that right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, before I got here, I wasn't so convinced about emails. I kept seeing Mm -hmm. uh, diminishing returns and things, you know, falling in that area and in a couple of different industries I've been in. And then when I got to Everything One, I'm like, I was really surprised to see what the open rates and click-through rates were Mm -hmm. way above industry norm. I'm like, oh, this is the thing here. Okay. Awesome. Like, this is like, and again, like going back to wine is fun. People love wine. Mm-hmm. This is a pleasure purchase, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes a luxury purchase. Mm-hmm. It's not your taxes. It's not school supplies or things that you have to do. Yeah. And so people love reading content or consuming content about the stuff they actually really enjoy mm-hmm. or, or, or it's that little diversion or learning mm-hmm. or, or whatever it is, that that fun little break. Mm-hmm. And so 
that I think was like the biggest like eye opener for me is like how well email performs and mm-hmm. and really getting into like oh if I send it at this time yeah. versus this time and breaking up this group and it was always you know things I had known for years yeah. but seeing those levers be so flexible mm-hmm. and seeing the direct results really quickly mm-hmm. was absolutely fascinating and and even anecdotally having store staffs you know, say, oh yeah, we see customers holding up their phone with showing their emails all the time, yeah. asking for whatever that product, that product is. So knowing the email efforts really do have a direct correlation to our offline mm-hmm. or sorry, our store visits makes all the difference. And that, that was a lot of reinforcement for myself yes. to keep moving <laughs> down that path. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And Everything's Wine has introduced some new concept stores. Tell me about those yeah. and how they differ from your original locations. Yeah, so we have six locations in total. The first three original ones are in Langford on Vancouver mm-hmm. Island, our North Vancouver and our South Surrey location. Mm-hmm. Very wine-focused, a bit of an older brand look and feel. But our newer concept stores, as we call them, would be our South Vancouver, which is River District, mm-hmm. Langley and Abbotsford. And what I'd say, for the most part, they're just bigger. Yeah. <laughs> they're brighter. Okay. It's got a very, if you know, Italy mm-hmm. in New York, it's very concrete and marble, very open, you know, just lots of room to roam mm-hmm. is the expression I like to say, <laughs> to say. Mm-hmm. but really making it a little bit more of a trendy, fun shopping mm-hmm. experience versus some of the older ways or some of the older stores, the way the older stores were built up. Mm-hmm. So when you yeah. were introducing those new concept stores, did you also undergo a new brand? Yes, absolutely. So it was it was kind of an interesting pivot. So the new store concept started before I arrived at Everything Wine. And um, one of the things I had noticed was what was happening in stores or emails. It just seemed really disjointed. It didn't seem co- co- cohesive at all. Mm-hmm. So I looked at what the new store brand was and I let that influence the marketing mm-hmm. and went to an agency. I'm like, give me a visual identity mm-hmm. based on what's happening in the stores. Mm-hmm. And then rolled it out based on that so it could have more cohesion going mm-hmm. and more similarities with everything. So that influenced the stuff we did on the website and our emails and social and, and everywhere mm-hmm. else. You know, with there are some of the older legacy stores that don't 100% match. But now that we're three of six, I'm like, okay, <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're getting there. Slowly we'll get there. Yes. And yeah. are there plans then for the original locations to start to match yeah. the newer ones? Yeah, exactly. Slowly but slowly, we'll get there. Right. Yeah. And when yeah. you did that brand exploration, what were you looking at as in as far as your your target demographic, your geolocations? What was the thought process behind that? Yeah. Well, it's kind of a funny thing with wine. So we, as, again, as a marketer, we like we know our demographics, we know our segmentation mm-hmm. and, and psychographics. The good, challenging thing with wine is everyone loves wine. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're going mass, yeah. right? So we do have some, you know, key insights and we know some things about a consumer, but because we're so broad-based, so for example, we have selections from every country in the world and we have selections for pretty much every price point. You know, our most expensive bottle wine being $8,000, mm-hmm. right? To when we're on sale, we can have something from $8.99 to $5.99 mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, a few times a year. So that variety makes it really hard to pinpoint on a set group of audience. You're basically looking at 19-year-old adults living in the, living in BC. Yeah. That, that's our target market. That's our demographic. Interesting. Yeah. You know, yeah. So we can go really far in the acquisition side. Though within it, I, I do some segmentation on, oh, I know our luxury products, consumers, I should say. And so I can target really specifically of, okay, you hit a certain age demographic. 
and you purchase at a certain price point, meaning 40 or $60 above. So I can focus in on you and make sure you're only seeing very specific messages. Mm-hmm. But everything else is really, it's so mass. And it's funny, like when we are doing these media buys and we're looking at the targeting, our digital agency just keeps like, you haven't tapped out. Right. <laughs> like you've got lots of room in here of interest groups. So yeah. that's, it, it is hard. It really is hard to focus in, but it's really, it's everybody. Mm-hmm. And so once we have that acquisition, just keeping them in the funnel. Yeah, absolutely. And you approach, you have different communities, be it Langford on Vancouver Island. I imagine that's quite different than North Vancouver or your, your yeah. South Vancouver location. Tell me about that and how you target those customers. Yeah. So thank goodness for geofencing. It really makes quite, it really does, right? Makes such a difference in terms of what you can do. And so using our technology and our platforms to be able to send specific messages. Now, legally, there's a lot of considerations. Like we can't have different offers for different stores Mm -hmm. and, and that sort of a thing. But for example, we know one of our stores is more interested in BC products. So being able to geofence around that store to serve those BC ads, for example, BC wine ads is is one of the things that we're able to do. Mm-hmm. We have like a core set of products in the store, but the store managers really get to determine their mix. Mm-hmm. So some, for example, might be able to pull more BC product in because they know it's really popular and others might skew a little bit less because it doesn't work as well. Yeah. Others do heavy up on California mm-hmm. or whatever. So that product mix is really nice and flexible mm-hmm. within each location, but a lot of the same core as well. You know, for our our South Vancouver location, for example, because of the the development there, mm-hmm. we have more grab and go, just one bottle purchases mm-hmm. versus, let's say, North Vancouver, for example, which might have more case purchases. Mm-hmm. So skewing the message a little bit for the incentive for case discounts versus giving giving the grab and go customers something more of what they want. So it's more about the offering within the store as well mm-hmm. as how we're targeting around that. Yeah. How are you staying on top of all of the marketing trends? <laughs> Google alerts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a lot of reading, yeah. right? It's a good chunk of the day of like setting aside to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. But I really love Smart Brief. I like that one a lot. I like the feature is here. That okay. one is actually really good as well. And jelly marketing, of right. course. Yeah. <laughs> a little plus. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, those are those are, you know, how I try to stay on top of it. A lot of it is just observation, like mm-hmm. also as well as like, you know, I follow the brands that I'm interested in, mm-hmm. I see what they're doing. I feel like I'm always taking my consumer hat off and I'm always looking at it from a marketer's perspective. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. That's what they've done there. Yeah. That's what they've, you know, introduced in here. So it's, it's stopped being passive yes. consuming of like Instagram, or whatever. And you're always got your like, oh, what have they done? Mm-hmm. Can I replicate that? Can I do that? Yeah. To look at trends and seeing like what's kind of bubbling, yeah. bubbling up. Yeah. Yeah. And how about wine marketing specifically? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a few that I like to look at. One is called wine intelligence. Mm-hmm. I look at wines of BC mm-hmm. as well. Internet retailers, uh, sorry, wine insiders mm-hmm. is another one that I look at. But because we are heavily regulated, I actually do follow the BC liquor license regulations right. very closely as well to see what kind of changes are, are happening there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What do you see the new trends for wine marketing? Do you see anything that's bubbling up on the surface that is emerging that you're keeping an eye on? Yeah, it's a little bit of the the marketing in terms of experiential, mm-hmm. right? So uh, Wally's Wine, for example, in Beverly Hills in, in California, they're doing a really interesting idea with uh, a food slash wine store mm. concept 
which is an interesting one that, you know, we're, we're still kind of re- uh, reconciling a post-COVID world and how to, you know, do that sort of thing. But we used to have a, a tasting bar that was open where you could do wine sampling. Mm-hmm. So seeing other people take that sort of idea and, and take it to the next level. Yeah. And once we're, you know, we're feeling comfortable and, and Bonnie gives us the all clear mm-hmm. as well. So we can go back to sampling, mm-hmm. I think is is amazing. Telling deeper stories mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. I see that a lot. So, you know, that farm to table. Yes. Uh, which is not new by any means, mm-hmm. but it's fun when I get to see, when I see wine brands really, really applying that. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of fun and interesting trends are developing. Yeah. And how closely connected are you with the winemakers themselves? It varies. That's actually done with our buying mm-hmm. team. And so they manage all of that, but they have great relationships with the winemakers and the wineries all over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also they work with agents mm-hmm. who act as a reseller yes. for a lot of these products as well. So it can, it can super vary. Some mm-hmm. we get direct from the winery yeah. and some we get go through agents. For sure. And do you often yeah. have some of those winemakers or I guess their agents on their behalf tasting the wines? Is that, has that come back yet or is that something that you're looking at? Not yet, but we're excited to get back into it. You know, we, we uh, had the winemaker from Penfolds a few mm-hmm. years ago and we're super excited and super just waiting patiently to be able to bring mm-hmm. those back. International travel, obviously, you know, <laughs> getting some here from Australia yes. isn't happening, no. you know, in, in the near future. But mm-hmm. um, we have been doing some fun things like in, in Zoom calls, for example, in virtual tastings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Heidi Noble from Chua. Chua. Yeah, she's lovely. She is lovely. Mm-hmm. She's is, she is a really fun mm-hmm. guest to have as well. So we did a virtual tasting with her because she's introducing the can format of wines yes. for through yeah. her wines. So we it was fun to kind of help her introduce that. We had her on as a, a virtual tasting. We're selling little bundle kits in our store. Mm-hmm. So And as well, we're giving a donation to One Girl Can, which helps uh, uh, young women in Africa with their university scholarships. Mm. So it was a nice tie into. It was for International Women's Day. Mm -hmm. So it was a nice way to kind of tie everything together. Mm. We had Blasted Church on, uh, I guess, a month month and a half Mm -hmm. ago as well. So we talked to Evan and got to really dig into it. So the local stuff is obviously a little bit more easier, even though we're still (laughs) doing Zoom and virtual tastings. But we'll, that will probably be the first pivot is to grab more of our local winemakers, mm-hmm. try to tell their stories a little bit, which, you know, we love talking about BC anyway, yeah, so it's always great. a win-win. And then eventually getting to more of the international winemakers and bringing them back and trying to host them in our stores. For sure. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I am such a fan of Blasted Church's marketing. I think their their social media is brilliant. They do such a great job of making it fun and interesting and not taking themselves too seriously, but of course also producing some really great product. Yeah, and, absolutely. And as far as very tongue in cheek humor, oh, totally, it's really funny. And Joie is one of the must visit wineries in yes. the Naramata Bench. Like you have to go. It's just such a beautiful property, and their outdoor kitchen is is amazing. And I think they were definitely one of the first in the Okanagan to do that outdoor pizza kitchen. Yeah. So yeah, they're amazing. Really they're, great. It, they're great stories as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned canned wine, and yeah. it's funny because I had recently purchased one of the the boxed wines. We see some bagged wines. Okanagan Crush Pad is doing that. Hester Creek's doing boxed wines. Joie is doing canned. And it's interesting because in the past, those had been reflective of inferior product, but now that's not the case. So perhaps tell us a little bit about that and how you're marketing those products and how they're being accepted or not by the consumer. Sure. We'll start with the box, the large format, mm-hmm. as we call it. They've always been a little bit into the stores, but to your point, they have a history of not the best reputation. Mm-hmm. So one of the first steps is trying to create some education for customers. Like just because it's in a box doesn't mean it it's bad. Mm-hmm. It's not bad quality, terrible term, but the bladders, yes. the plastic casing, mm-hmm. that's the wine. The technology has gotten so much better. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking about the efficiency of it, you can get like six bottles basically Mm -hmm. in an easy format, Mm -hmm. the value is there easily, you know, sometimes for under $40, you're getting six bottles. Mm -hmm. Like that's a steal. (laughs) That's a great deal. And some of the bigger producers, like we're seeing some producers out of France, even doing that. Um, So it really started for us as an education process. Like let's explain why box one isn't bad, Mm -hmm. doing some social media, doing some blogs as well, trying to talk about it, informing our staff so they can help people with that conversation. With that, there's still a little bit of hesitation, but once you, when you should just kind of explain either the format and or the price and you break it down and you show them some of the more quality products and it's pretty easy for customers to understand that, Mm. especially when pandemic buying was happening and panic buying, (laughs) right? And you, you know, if you wanted a glass of wine and, you know, you were opening a bottle, but, you know, just like, weren't sure how much you were going to have or how quickly Mm -hmm. you were going to consume it you know, being able to use that format preserved it for longer. Mm-hmm. That was, it wasn't too hard mm-hmm. to, to, to get customers to try it yeah. and appreciate that. But I understand like, as a price point, you're thinking I'm getting this for $40. Like that can be a barrier yeah. for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's like a lot of things once you break it down. Yeah. Well, I have yeah. to say I was camping last weekend and I had tins of the Mayhem Rosé and they were brilliant in that Nice. <laughs> in that awesome. setting. Yeah. Which was great. Absolutely. It's perfect. Yeah. So not just for camping and boating, yeah. but you know, anytime it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And the cans is, 
very interesting and new and watching uh, wineries develop that as well. Mm-hmm. I think also kind of with, with pandemic also helped do that because for people who are like, I just want a glass or I just want a glass yes. and a half and having that in a single format and maybe it's a different brand that they really enjoy as well or instead of having that made much more mm-hmm. sense. And so that format, it's they're going through mm-hmm. the roof. I do think things like White Claw mm-hmm. and Nudes and Neutrals have really helped that market coming out with that can format. Mm-hmm. And it just made it a little bit more approachable or normalized, yeah. you know, to say that you can have quality product mm-hmm. in a can. Absolutely. Um, so when some of the manufacturers or some of the wineries started doing that, I think it was just like, oh, okay, hang on, what is this? You know, it really helped. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, even last year when restaurants were closed or it was only patio dining and a lot of people were in smaller groups, going to the beach, going to the parks, yes. doing any sort of outdoor experience and just having a can really easy for the beach mm-hmm. instead of a bottle mm-hmm. made so much more sense. And so I think that's where a little bit more of onboarding or trending came from that product was really circumstance. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's neat also to see some of the local restaurants that are adopting that as well and starting to come out with some some canned cocktail products. And obviously as a direct result of the loosening of some of those restrictions as well, which is everything. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. If somebody asked you for wine recommendations... <laughs> I'm sure that happens. Favorite child. I know. I'm sure that happens several times a day in your world. <laughs> if someone says, "I need a bottle of wine," what should I? What should I purchase? Yeah. What would you say? Yeah. So I, I I go back to what we tend to do in our stores, which is, well, what are you having for dinner, mm-hmm. or what do you typically like, mm-hmm. or what are you willing to spend? Right. Because those are all very important factors before you can answer that question. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be like, oh, sure. You're just overthinking it. I'm just looking for like something that you are drinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's also seasonal mm-hmm. as well. You know, in, in the summertime, I love my rosés from Provence, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, in the wintertime, I do appreciate more of a, like a really hearty red. Mm-hmm. So I love an Italian Barolo, mm-hmm. for example. Those are my go-to favorites when I just want that little bit of extra treat, want to reward myself. Or just feeling that really warm, comforting kind of season. Mm-hmm. And then cloudy bay Sauvignon Blanc is oh, actually yes. really good. Classic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I believe that was yeah. my ISG level two blind wine, actually. <laughs> the New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's very, very tasty. We actually have from Curious Incident a Riesling that is really good. It's not super sweet mm-hmm. that I actually really like mm-hmm. as well. I'm a big advocate for dry Riesling and getting that message out there that not all Riesling has to be sweet and quite on the contrary. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lots of great tastes and flavors that come out of those Rieslings. All of those aromatics versus the people think is sweet. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I will do a little plug to say on our website, we've got a wine quiz. Okay. And so if you're ever just kind of wondering, because I do feel we've got a lot of choice that can be really overwhelming for customers. And so by answering a few of these questions and just, it's kind of like a swipe, yes or no, I like mint flavors, I like chocolate, mm-hmm. I like spicy, I like lemony or whatever, mm-hmm. you answer those questions and we can give you like, oh, you, you probably like Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. And here's some recommendations. And if you mm-hmm. want to see more of our Sauvignon Blancs. Mm-hmm. So more as a, just a, a general guide to kind of help you get going, mm-hmm. or if you're just curious about something else that you know, you're, you're tired of the go-tos or the usual mm-hmm. and are looking for something else, this is a kind of a fun way to figure out 
what else you might be interested in. That sounds in. great. I'll have to take yeah. it. I'm so curious as what it'll tell me. <laughs> I always like to say I don't discriminate when it comes to wine. I just, I like, yep. I like all things as long as they're made well. Um, Absolutely. And which brings me and to really- another point too, is that yeah. there's a misconception out there that you have to spend a lot of money to find good wine. Absolutely not true. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not true. I actually did this recently with a group of friends who were like adamant about it. And so we did like a virtual dinner and I did a blind wine tasting with them. And I, so I <laughs> repackaged a bunch of wines and we did a little drop off mm-hmm. and we went through this experiment. And so I had a nine ninety nine wine, something in the mid 15, something in the mid twenties and something in the mid thirties. Mm-hmm. And it was funny. The results were really funny and interesting. And surprisingly, the 999 scored really yeah. well. Like, oh, it's interesting. It's light. It's different. Yeah. I actually really appreciate that. And you can kind of tell some of the heavier ones or whatever. Yeah. But absolutely, you know, and there have been, was it Judgment at Nuremberg and some other really good documentaries yeah. that have really played with that. Like, if you don't know, if you don't look at the label, mm-hmm. you'll be genuinely surprised. Mm-hmm in wines and different price points. Mm-hmm. So along that, if you're kind of still kind of nervous about that, I would say, look at the producer. Mm-hmm. So for example, Femi Perron, who actually does Beaucastel, Chateau de Pop, mm-hmm. which you know is <laughs> very prestigious mm-hmm. wines, actually have really affordable under $20 yes. French wines mm-hmm. that are wonderful. And it's the same producer. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it doesn't meet the certain yes. <laughs> French restrictions and land mm-hmm. and how they have to classify things. Mm-hmm. So look at a producer that you might know for other products and see if they have a lower price point offering yeah. or go to a grape you really know well yeah. or a region. Like if you know you love your Italian Barolos, what else is coming from Italy in that region that has a, a similar price point that you might really enjoy yeah. and try. But yeah, price doesn't have to rule. Yeah, I think Chaputier does a really good job with that as well. Obviously, yes. they have their signature wines, but they also have wines that are much more approachable in price point. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, if you're up for it, I'd love to do a rapid fire round of questions. <laughs> Let's try. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> so there's no right or wrong answers. It really is just what comes to your mind first and try to keep the answer as short as possible, preferably one word or two or three if needed. Okay. All right. So what was your first job? Customer rep, Omega Nutrition. <laughs> oh, no, actually, that's not right. First first job in marketing or first job ever? First job ever. Oh, first job ever. Telemarketer for vacuum sales. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Night owl or early bird? Oh, night owl. Are you a cat or dog person? Dog. What was the first thing you ever marketed? A vacuum? Yes. Partially, yeah. Actually, yeah. But in in a formalized marketing sense, Culinary oils, uh, health food oils. Dark chocolate or milk? Dark. What is your favorite word right now? Pivot. Oh, yes. You're, you're uh, <laughs> most hated and your favorite at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And my safe for work word. Yes. <laughs> what is a movie you love? Ooh, Shining Through. Favorite song or album on repeat right now? Oh, I'm back into the eighties. So the jam, actually, I just keep going back to that collection. There you go. If you weren't doing this job, what would you be doing? That is a really tough question. Cause I genuinely love what I'm doing, but I think that altruism side that I started my career 
I started off wanting to do, we'd come back and find a way to like charities or, or fundraising or something like that. Yes. What is an app on your phone that you can't live without? Evernote. Mm, good one. What is the best thing you bought for under $10? That is a good question. A ring actually at H&M. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Guiltiest pleasure. Obvious to say wine. <laughs> <laughs> no, mine too. <laughs> Your most treasured possession. Uh, I have a family heirloom, which is my great grandmother's that went to my grandmother. <laughs> my grandmother skipped my mother and gave straight to me. So it's, it's just a little silver plate, but it's just uh, one of the very few family heirlooms I have. Very sweet. Yeah. What would your superpower be? Flight. What is the last thing you Googled? How to be a good guest on a radio talk show. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> what is the most important thing you've ever changed your mind about? Oh, that is a great question. Kindness for those whose opinions are so vastly different. Good one. <laughs> nice. Boxed wine is one of mine, but perhaps not the most important. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> is there a business or marketing book that you'd recommend? You know, that's a great question because I think there's so many bits of, of advice out there. It's really hard to pick one. But I'd say more from a business book, actually, Atomic Habits, okay. believe it or not, I think is a really good one because it's just, you know, you can apply them to your personal life about habits you want to change. But I think there's also like work habits that you can change as well. So I would say that's a good one. It's just more about trying to, I hate this expression, but work smarter, yeah, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. I say that all the time. Work smarter, <laughs> not harder. Yes, exactly. You've touched upon a couple, but a newsletter or website you'd recommend for resources and inspiration. Well, within the industry uh, or within marketing, Smart Brief, and the future is here. I just really love what they're talking about. I think you really need to, I think as marketers, we're foolish if anyone's just looking, not looking at tech and what the tech industry is doing. It doesn't mean you can apply what's happening right away, but thinking these are some of the changes coming. You know, For example, who would have thought we'd be using QR codes two years oh, ago? Oh, I know. Tell me about it. <laughs> right? they were, they've always been around. Yeah. This is nothing new. Mm -hmm. But the way that adoption has happened mm -hmm. is, is insane. I agree. So just keep watching tech. Yeah. What is a life hack you'd be willing to share? <laughs> I use Outlook as a way of keeping my tasks as a task list. So for example, if I have a project that's due in two weeks, I set it up as a meeting in my calendar and I use the customized reminders to say, you know, it, this is due in two weeks or this is due in two days or whatever. So two benefits, you're always reminded of it so you don't lose track of it on some other paper or whatever you've listed it, written it down somewhere. But those reminders also help you keep on shore. But actually scheduling that in your calendar, make sure you've dedicated the time towards it. And if someone's, because I, you know, you get booked into so many different meetings as well. So if you block the time for yourself to work on it, it keeps other people from pulling you into other things so you can actually focus. Good one. I don't know if that's a hack, but it's just one I just lean on a lot. Great. <laughs> Thank you so much. So a few things. I uh, Just wondering, for new marketers starting out that perhaps want to get into wine marketing, what would you recommend? I would say for new marketers in general, make sure you've 
love the product. You know, it doesn't really matter what you're marketing. If you love the product and feel really passionate and enthusiastic about it, those day-to-day challenges, the brick walls that you run into, you'll always feel passionate and find those this energy and creativity that you didn't know existed because you love the product so much. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in wine marketing, really make sure you love wine. And I don't just mean enjoying a night out with your girlfriends mm-hmm. and, and all that kind of wonderful stuff that comes with it. But like the story of it, all the tasting notes, all that kind of stuff. Make sure like the geeky, nerdy, not so glamorous part about yeah. it. Make sure you actually love all that side of it mm-hmm. before you're even interested in. But I, but I do feel that way about anything that you might be getting into. Make sure you love the brand. Make sure you love the industry. Make sure you love what you're going to sell mm-hmm. or you can't get up every day and do it over and over again. Mm-hmm. Great advice. Um, yeah. Outside of that, you know, I, I actually didn't have any wine marketing experience behind me. Mm-hmm. But what I did have in my career was a lot of different cross industries mm-hmm. that have really benefited me. So mm-hmm. example, tech, I had tech, I had tourism, I had government, um, I had private industry. Mm-hmm. And so all of those played really well to position me for this role. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds crazy, but the president who hired me actually said, I like that you're not in the industry because mm-hmm. you're not going to look at this with blinders on. Yeah. You're going to come at this with a very different perspective. A hundred percent. Yeah. And last, what is next for Everything Wine? What is next for you? Yeah, there's lots of exciting changes coming in the next six months. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you too much about it, but as you may or may not know, the regulations have changed a lot mm-hmm. in the last year and a half. And so we're really excited about seeing how we can pivot <laughs> with yes. all of that and, and make some really exciting changes and just really reinvent ourselves a little bit. So that's what I'm most excited about in the next little bit. And, and also working harder on being a better part of the communities that we serve. Mm-hmm. We don't just want to be your grab-and-go wine store. Yeah. We, you know, we want to be part of your community. Sounds awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure to talk to you. And it's been great getting to hear about you and your background and all things wine. Thank you so <laughs> much for joining us today. Thanks so much, Shelly. It's great being here. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors, Travis Jeffers and The Podfather. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.